I'm just trying to stay above water, you know? Stay busy, stay working. Puff told me, like, the key to this joint, the key to stay on top of things is to treat everything like it's your first project, you know what I'm saying? Like it's your first day, like I wasn't even an intern. Like, that's how you try to treat things, like, just stay hungry. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome back. Today's episode is with the Nikki Nelms. She is also known as the Hair MacGyver. She does everyone's hair. Like when I say everyone, I mean all of the most iconic women in beauty. Think Solange, Zoe Kravitz, Janelle Monet, Kelly Rowland. She's worked with Beyonce, Yara Shahidi. I could go on, but you get it. She also does the most amazing and inventive hair looks I have ever seen. She's doing clients for the Met Gala. Her work's been profiled in Vogue and Allure, and it's always just truly jaw-dropping. I have admired her work for so many years. She's a brand ambassador for Maui Moisture. So given this amazing background, I was nervous to interview Nikki, but she is so chill so down to earth and relaxed and just cool that I was immediately like, okay, take a deep breath. This is going to be relaxed. This is going to be like talking to a friend. I was so happy that Nikki could be on the podcast. And one of the things that's really interesting about Nikki, her talent is just beyond, but she doesn't meticulously mood board or outline everything she's going to do. She truly has this innate talent and eye for hair. Really brilliant ideas just sort of come to her, which is how you know you have something really special. I hope you guys are as inspired as I was hearing from Nikki. Also stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear my takeaways from our conversation. One of my favorite parts of the interview is just asking her about the backstory behind these iconic hair looks that we've seen all over our timelines, all over our Pinterest boards, all over our you know own personal mood boards. So think like the Solange Don't Touch My Hair music video when she had all of those amazing beads in. Like, what, how did that come about? What's the backstory for that? Or an incredible editorial look she did for Vogue where she had this kind of like braided updo with all of these beads and jewels. And, and it was so glamorous in such an unexpected way. And the way these ideas just come to her and her sources of inspiration and the places that she shops to find her hair accessories will really surprise you. I loved hearing about her process for identifying the unexpected. So that's today's interview. I think you guys are really going to love it. Other than that, I hope everyone's doing well. Thank you to everyone who's reached out and introduced themselves to me on the Instagram account at Naked Beauty Planet. I love hearing from you guys. Thank you for continuing to share the show to your Instagram stories. Thank you for taking the time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I am spending this weekend doing a pregnancy photo shoot and I think I waited too long. <laughs> like I'm looking at other pregnancy shoots and people do them like second trimester, like 25 weeks when like their bump is really cute and small. I'm coming in third trimester feeling much bigger, um, finding it hard to, you know, stand for long amounts of time. So I'm a little bit nervous about this photo shoot, but I just realized that I wanted to commemorate the moment. And my husband has been taking, you know, nice little pictures on, on his iPhone that we have of me being pregnant, but we wanted to do like a special shoot just to commemorate the moment. I found a really great photographer that I'm excited about. And now I'm just in the process of figuring out outfits. Obviously it's COVID time, so I can't call in my usual you know, makeup people to get me all glam, but I'm feeling pretty confident about my makeup skills lately. I did a little test run and I was like, okay, I've got all of the tools. I can do photo shoot ready makeup. Like I feel prepared. I'll also make sure to share those pictures with you guys on my Instagram account once they're finished. I hope everyone is taking a moment to enjoy summer, no matter where you are, that you're able to get outside, get fresh air, maybe be by water if possible. Summer is my absolute favorite season. I think it's because I'm a Leo, but I just really thrive in summer. So I hope everyone's doing well. And let's get into the episode with Nikki. 
You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Let me tell you, I am here with the Nikki Nelms, incredible <laughs> hairstylist, but I'm just going to call you an artist um, overall. I have wanted to have you on this show since I started it. So I'm like very excited to be talking to you. Oh, thank you. You look and, so cute. Oh my God. Well, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do like a cute little twist out. I had all these plans for like how I was going to wear my hair for this. And then I had some plans too. And I'm like, <laughs> but you look good. You look good. Mm. What percentage of the time would you say your hair is like done? Like, do you even feel like you have time to tend to your own hair? Because every time I see like pictures of you, you look, you know, super glam and incredible. No, um, I don't with a hat. I'm with always with a hat on. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't think I ever look super glam. I think I've made that, like, I've kind of forced that into or claim it as like a part of my thing. Like, choosing the less glammy route like I make that my thing just because I know more like more times than not I don't have the time to be glammy so if it's yeah. like if I make that my thing then it's like oh, okay you know it's part of my normal look. look but yeah I mean I don't really like when my hair is done done though like for really? some reason I don't I always feel so like Easter Sunday <laughs> you know really? Yeah, I like a little like texture and airiness and I don't like it to look perfect because it makes me feel like I'm trying or something. So I just love the lived in look and I, right. you know, I'll put more effort into when I'm going out, like maybe my outfit than I would okay. my hair. Because if my hair is like less fussy, then it's a good night, you know? Right, yeah. right. And I feel like or you, good do, day. you do like good lived in looks for your clients as well, like the hair is never too, too perfect. Yeah, I, I think it's a thing. I think it just says, to me, it says that you're comfortable in like your natural state. Like your natural state is the is the bar. You know what I yeah. mean? As opposed to like reaching for something else. Like that's mm-hmm. the one thing I love about like, like with Zoe, like her, my other, my client, Zoe Kravitz. She just, it's like fly because she's fly, you know, and yes. then that becomes everybody else's like thing to reach for, you know. Yeah. Um, so speaking I like, of, I like that. What, yeah, what everyone tries to reach for. Zoe Kravitz braids have probably been like the most requested style of braiding, you know, for the past five years. Uh, like you, you should see our DMs, but I mean, it's it's funny. <laughs> like I I I love every aspect of her hair because she's into like whatever feels best for, right. for her look I mean I love I love all her looks like the blonde pixie the you know yeah. like whatever her style is it's like the most chill natural yet elevated version of that style you know what I mean That's like true. not the most perfect braids or not the most perfect neat haircut i mean the haircut is neat and, and correct but it's like the look of it is like yeah. lived in and you know what i mean whether it's yeah. blonde or dark or or whatever yeah. like when my mom was living when we were all living in new york uptown you would come over and do my mom's hair and i know you like my mom one is very picky and she takes her like short haircut style very seriously and she loved working with you so. She reminds me of my mom and my mom is the same way. So it was really easy to 
to do your mom and work with her because my mother is like simple, but it's the detail in the, mm-hmm. in the, you know what I mean? Like my mom, she's all about the, like, did you get my sides right? Did you, it's like the perfect little piece that yeah. she wanted to leave a certain amount of length. All of yeah. that, I get it. Yeah. So, <laughs> shout out to my mom for prepping me for your mom, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. But let's talk about how you grew up. You grew up in St. Petersburg, Florida. What was that like growing St. up? Peters- St. Petersburg, it's a small place. It's, um, outside of Tampa most people when I tell people where I'm from I have to say Tampa you know then Tampa Bay Buccaneers but I mean my life was pretty chill I went to private school my whole life private school then I went to high school first year like after eighth grade that was my first time going to public school but that transition from private school to public school must have been different right it was like a culture shock to me. Right. I felt scared a lot. <laughs> like, scared how? But when, I, but when I started, I mean, I also felt protected because my first year in high school, my cousin also was like the star athlete, mm-hmm. basketball and football. So like, you know, that popularity was like a form of protection. You know what I mean? In a sense of like feeling like, you know, it was okay. Everything was going to be okay. But it, you know, it was all right. And then I was also, I also did hair. So people kind of knew that I okay. was doing hair then. So that kind of added like a little notch on the cool belt, you know? Right. So were you into beauty in high school? Like, did you, were you into makeup? Were you into changing your hairstyle? Um, I was into like hair and my nails. Okay. I didn't really wear makeup. Like my skin was always pretty good and stuff and my mother she didn't promote me wearing like makeup she's like that's something you should reserve for like a special occasion because your natural skin looks so nice you know you don't want to become dependent on needing that every day because then what's going to be your special thing you know what I mean I think that's great advice so I mean that's I was like okay I guess (laughs) so you started doing hair early yeah, I started doing hair in like sixth grade, fifth grade. Yeah, yeah I read that grade. like your aunt, your aunt would book you to do what, like hair for weddings. No, what happened was I was doing hair a lot and I could do hair and my aunt had to go to a wedding before and I did her. She just wouldn't let the designated hairstylist do her hair, you know, so I did her hair. When she got there, all of the hair looked terrible for everyone else. <laughs> and everyone liked her hair. And then she was just like, my niece in my hair. And they were like, well, maybe you can get her here to do like all of our hair. So it was like, you know, okay. So that wow. was like, like my, well, one of my first bookings of like a job with many, with many people. I'm so curious about people that like find their talents when they're young like, I don't think I have hairstyling natural ability, but do you think that it's something that can be learned? Or do you think that it's like kind of this God-given talent that you were born with and you tapped into it? My mother has always told me, she'll rant. She just said it last week. I showed her this project that I'm working on and she was just like, wow. She was like, I've always told you. And she has, she's always reminded me that like God gave this to me. She was like, you know what you do is like special. And I mean, I hear her, but she's also my mom. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I don't know like how much I believe her or if she's just being super supportive. But the older I get, I'm like, well, maybe she really feels this way and not like being super supportive. And I also don't want to take that on either and start feeling super special or something like, I don't know. So but I do feel like I've always been able to do hair easily. But I didn't think that it was something special because, I mean, I'm a Black girl. Like, I feel like most Black girls that I know can, like, do some form of hair, you know? Or mm. most people that I that I was that. raised around, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, everybody that I knew, everybody that I knew could do something. Even if you could just 
you knew how to make the like nicest ponytail. Like that was your right. thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It was like a lot of specialties. Right. It's like, right. I can't do this, but I can give right. you a nice ponytail with a nice swirl right there. And right. that will be like your thing forever. Or, right. you know, maybe someone could do like two nice French braids, but they could do it in like the nicest way ever. So I just thought that I was one of those people that could do more things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So after college, you moved to Miami. Did Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did your career take off pretty quickly after that? I know you worked at a salon, but then you started doing music videos. Like how did everything sort of start getting going for you? It was in that way. I just, when I was in a salon, I was, I get bored easily. So, you know, I was like, my goal was to be in a hair magazine. I wanted just to see my work featured in a hair magazine. And once that happened, I was like, okay, what's next? I was quick and now I'm bored. So I'm like, maybe they were shooting a lot of music videos in Miami at that time, you know? And so that was the thing. And I was like, I got to figure out how to, how to do that. And, you know, I would go to different like modeling um, events with friends and clients from the salon or whatever and meet people. And they would like, tell me like, oh, well, if you want to do that, you need to talk to this person. And and it was all like word of mouth and what can you really do then it wasn't like social media like let me see how many followers you have right that was that wasn't the thing um it was just about having the connection knowing that the job was coming and being able to be available so it moved fast but it didn't feel like it moved fast when it was happening cuz i was like living in it mhm but i got my first music video my first music video was Timbaland and Magoo, Indian Flute. That was my first music video that I worked Amazing. on. That was key. So, but yeah, that was funny though because I was so excited. I, was, I, I look for the email from that sometimes. I wish I could find it. I really do because from that job I met Tamika Foster. She was a okay. stylist. And she was a stylist on that job. And she had an agency back in the day called, I think, Swanky Image Group or something. But <laughs> Tamika, Tamika was like, Tamika was everything because she was the one that like, she was styling Usher and she had him wearing like the blazers and the mm-hmm. dresser, you know, that whole vibe. I remember so that anytime, era. <laughs> anytime you do anything that changes the course of like style. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you can get a name for yourself quickly back then. So she was like popping like she had, you know, I think she did Tony Braxton. I think like she just she was like known. So when I worked with her, I was like, oh, my God, maybe I should be a part of her agency. And so I was keen on the job with her. So I kind of felt like I'm I'm here. I've arrived. So I asked her about it. She was like, yeah, just send over your email. Send us your you know, resume. And, you know, we'll take a look at it. And, you know, so I was like, for sure, I got this. I'm about to have an agent. But keep in mind that that job was like my only, the only <laughs> job I'd ever had. Right. And it's it's so funny to me, though. I really wish I could find that email because I remember stretching out that one job for the whole page. <laughs> it was like, it was like key hairstylist for Indian flute. Number one, responsible for creating the looks for the models. Number two, like it was just so ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. That's so funny. That was then. So many, I feel like so many things as I've been reading about your career happened by chance. Um, One of my favorite stories is when you first got to work with Solange and you guys were doing a music video and she had pink eye or something and you kind of like stepped in and she was going to an event with a mutual friend of ours. Okay, this is Solange. This is Solange. Solange is going to an event with a mutual friend of both her and I. At that time, I didn't know her, you know, like that. Uh, We had the friend in common. And so she had the pink eye. You know, I was styling the friend. And so she had the pink eye and then she didn't want to go with sunglasses on because it would look so like, you know, 
like standoffish, you know, right. to be at an event right. with like these dark sunglasses. I know people would so, probably think she was on drugs. Who knows? Just they could think anything, or that I she know. just like didn't want to be there, or so anything, right. whatever. So just to prevent all of that, because you know, people are always saying stuff when they don't really know all the facts. She, mm-hmm. I suggested that I'm like, well, I could fix it for you, and you know, she was a little like, I don't know, like you know, my mom is the one that does my hair, and I'm like. I know, you know, but like, I can help, you know, if you just let me know, whatever. So thank God that there was no other choice. <laughs> so we cut her bangs. Like I just did some judging and figured out and finesse and stuff. And then I gave her like a Sharifa bang. You remember the artist Sharifa? Of course. She used to have the one slanted bang. Yeah. I was like, we'll just cover that eye. And like, they don't, yes. they don't need to know. <laughs> and so from then on, she was just like, Yes, I guess we were like like minded, you know, Southern girls that get it, you know. Yes. And then that was that. The rest <laughs> is history. And you get to work with a lot of the Knowles. I know you work with Miss Tina and Beyonce, and they all have mm-hmm. such different style. They all do. And and um Angie. Oh yeah, Solange's of course. His cousin. Yeah. And Miss Tina's I follow niece, her. And her hair always looks and... cute. <laughs> That's my boo. Yeah, like it's cool to know that, you know, a family could trust you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause I remember going to the salon when I was younger and we all had one hairstylist and, you know, it was like a thing, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. Your, your family doctor. Family doctor. Right. Yeah. So. I love that. Well, I have some looks here, some iconic looks that you've done. Okay, since since we're talking about Solange and I see her in your background too, this oh. is yeah. <laughs> iconic. Yep. She's got all of the beads in her hair from the Don't Touch My Hair music video. I would say like game-changing, culture-shifting look. And I'm so curious for you, like when you were creating it, did you know the impact that this look would have? What was the process? What's the backstory behind this? I never think about the impact of anything that I work on. I just really? try to get through the moment. Look, no, like how can you, you can have a basic hope that your work is going to make a little noise or whatever, but you can't focus on that because then you're controlled by the unknown more mm-hmm. than like you, you, you know, you're not giving yourself a fair shot at like, at just giving whatever is, inside of you you know because you're now think you're factoring in too many other things so no i did not think of it that way and with with that look with solange i really felt like i was excited to be like in a sense of the chosen tool to help get out a vision for such an impactful project Mm -hmm. like that's to me the difference when you're doing like your own personal projects versus when you're working on something that's already in the works like the fact that they have figured out what they want their project to be like now the the intricate or to me the important part of it is how who can I surround myself with to help me get this vision out and make it like a reality so I saw I felt honored to be a part of it in that way you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's a very specific thing that happened. So the fact that right. she felt like I could deliver what she needed or, you know, translate it into right. from her mind to the world. I was excited for that. But yeah. I did not think that it would be like a thing because I I'm, I'm, keep in mind, like, I'm a Black girl and I've always loved, like, everything about us but the world doesn't always love everything about us so if you can't gauge what's gonna be like iconic or not based on like what you love or what you think Mm -hmm. someone one else would love because they don't always match all the time anyway like I feel like when Venus and Serena wore beads when they were playing when they were kids I feel like it was iconic then too but they got mocked and and Mm -hmm. laughed at so like it's like I can't live or I don't base like how I feel about my work on on how it's received because that's just it's you leave it to chance and as long as I like it and my client likes it like 
that's the vibe. Because I, I feel like the world had to catch up. Now they'll mention like Venus and Serena's hair when they're playing. But it's like when you didn't accept them, you know, mm-hmm. you don't know. You probably made them feel bad or ne- made them not feel like they were enough. You never know. So it's hard for me to find like the compliment in mm-hmm. in acceptance now when, you know, it's just a ma- they didn't accept what I accepted then in Venus and Serena. So it's like, we're kind of off a little bit. So I don't, I don't really look to the world for their validation. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of, I can't, it's kind of, that it's tricky. Yeah. I mean, it's tricky. I I think that's why so many, why black people are so upset when something is put on a runway and that's considered high fashion and it becomes a trend. So I'm thinking about like when Mark Jacobs put um, his models in locks or when you see all of these designers doing baby hairs and suddenly it's like this thing that's an editorial high fashion magazine. It's like, oh, this is the trend of the moment. And it's like, we've seen this in our communities forever. Well, that's and what now- I, I Yeah, I just kind of don't buy into the secondhand compliments. Like, I'm not going to wait until someone tells me that whatever about me is okay for me mm-hmm. to accept it. You, it's like my grandmother used to always tell me, you need to know how you feel about yourself before you leave the house. Like, don't leave that up to somebody else to tell you. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not careful, they'll make you think that having fuller lips is a bad thing until they decide that having fuller lips is a cool thing right or having wearing your hair in a natural state is offensive or harsh or not on brand until it becomes the thing that graces every cover across america and it's now the cool thing so you gotta know what you know before you're told what to know you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's so true Lots of wisdom in your family from the from the women in your family, it seems like. Yes, of course. <laughs> like <laughs> if I call someone right now, you'll get a whole sermon. You'll be like, Yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> but yeah, it's really important. That's why I'm very like I'm very mindful on the compliments I receive or that I allow and I take them all, whatever. Yeah, cool. But I don't I can't live by them because it's they're so fickle and the foundation is so so not stable you know what i mean it's based on Mm -hmm. whatever is in like i can't allow you to to control how i feel about myself and base it on when you're cool with what you think about me you know so yeah totally makes sense okay next look i think this is zoe kravitz i i want to say this was at one of the met galas that's vanity fair okay yes yeah 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 yeah, she had her blonde braids and she yes. wanted to go with like if braids meets like a finger wave or curl kind of yes. vibe. So we we did that. And that was that was cool. She liked that a lot. With the she like half that. shaved on the side as well. Yes, the undercut was really cool. So she's, cool. She's such a cutie, that girl. I know. She's gorgeous. It's like so it's like you look at her and you're like, you could be wearing anything and have any like, you know, and you would be just as gorgeous. But her, let's just go back to her braids for a second, because again, I feel like so many people are so desperate to have her braids. Is it mm-hmm. that it's human human hair that you're using, and that's what kind of gives it its like unique texture? Like, what is it that makes her braids so unique? To me, what makes her braids so unique is her. The thing about everything she wears to me is because that's who she is, and she's not like trying to create like a look it's mm-hmm. like her aesthetic is effortless and just being you know what i mean and i've I, i've had clients that that were more like calculated and you know they're normally like more on the neat side and where the the nice body curls and, mm-hmm. but looking at zoe and her confidence and her natural way it makes you want to have that so when yeah. you try it and you see that like the hair, her hair is kind of more on the undone side than done. That yeah. goes totally against what you, 
who you really are, if you're neat and you'll, yeah. you won't feel it. It's a, it's an internal thing. Like that's yeah. the key thing that most people just don't get. Like right. you see, a, you see someone being themselves and you feel like I want that want vibe that. and that feeling, right. but it's because the main event besides me being her hairstylist or whatever, like it's her vibe to just be herself. She doesn't need every hair to be in place and every this to be that. You know what I mean? Right. She actually doesn't want it to be that way. So if right. you're the type that wants it to be that way, you're not going to pull it off. Like, <laughs> I can't explain it enough because some right. people feel like you just don't want to do it for me. I'm I'm telling you right now that don't waste your time trying it. <laughs> I'm right. not going to waste my time doing it. Right. You will not like it. And this isn't something that I want to invest my time in giving right. you. Right. Whether you pay for it or not, whatever is not something that you want to wear for just a week and then take it out or undo your braid. Like to me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I'm not it's a lived in it. style. It's a lived in style. Like the older it gets, the, the, the nicer it looks. And if you are anxious to look super done out the gate, the, the older it gets, the worse you're going to like. The, you know, the more you're right. going to like right. it, least right. you're going to like it or whatever. So like to me, honestly, that is the main ingredient to the Zoe Kravitz sauce yeah. in my opinion. Yes. It's, she Her is slagger. herself. She yeah. is herself. And you can't, you can't buy it. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> I know. You can't and buy it. And everyone wants to so badly. Yeah. One thing she does do that I would love to talk to you about is she, she can go from dark, like black to peroxide bleach blonde platinum blonde do you feel like color is something that everyone can play with like or do you feel like there's certain things you have to understand about like your undertones in your skin and sort of figure out what colors complement you because i think that it's inspiring when you can see someone go from one extreme to the other but for a lot of us we're probably like scared to like, really experiment with hair you color. can do whatever you want to do actually and that's gonna make whatever you end up doing look the best you know, what hmm. I mean? if you're walking around timid, like, like do, I, do I look okay with this? Do I look okay with that? Then you probably should not have gotten it because nobody has time yeah. to sit there and babysit you in your new bleach blonde hair all day and give you compliments <laughs> to just keep you uplifted during this moment of lightning. You know what I mean? Like, so just do do what you want to do. You know what I mean? That's right. the main to me that it sounds cliche, whatever, but th- that's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the main ingredient to every hairstyle. You got to wear it with confidence. You got to right. wear it with confidence because if you're scared, now your hairstyle looks scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to be tugging on your shirt, making sure you did, just do your thing. And that a, a lot of that happens when you're trying to recreate something that somebody else did. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if you just, if you've always felt like I could wear this or I want to wear this, then wear that. Mm-hmm. But or if you're inspired by somebody else, cool. But just make sure that you're inspired to do it your way, you know, right. as opposed to trying to recreate their total thing, because then mm-hmm. it doesn't it just doesn't come off right. It's like you're wearing the wrong size shoe. Yeah. And yeah. then just doesn't look good. So I like to I like to be that kind of voice of reason when someone comes to me with an idea for their look like I can hear if they're really want if they really want to do it or if they're going to need me to convince them to do it and then spend the rest of our lives together convincing them that they made the right decision like I don't have I don't have the energy <laughs> like <laughs> I feel that okay this look this is more of an editorial look I think you did this for Vogue you have all of these amazing like jewels and um kind of clips in the hair i mean it's braided mm-hmm. and then at the top there's like this kind of puff tell tell me about the process of creating this look that was a look that i created like on site it's really? so funny because like i really didn't know what i was going to do but that's most of the time i never really plan it out i kind of that's another tool that i like i like the tool of not knowing and having like when my back is against the wall, like something cool comes from that. What did I do? I brought a bunch of like jewelry, like old vintage pieces that I had collected to the shoot. And of course they had some really, you know, it's a feature in Vogue. So they wanted to use some 
pieces that were coming out in the next season, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Lorna Simpson was the photographer for that. And because when I got that call, I, I didn't think it was like something serious. I, th- I just it's thought it was like, Yeah, but I still was, I was moving around a lot. I was working. <laughs> I think I was shooting with, with Janelle. I don't know who I was shooting with. Maybe Solange. I don't know. But they hit me up in emails like, we're interested in doing this story. You And I was just was like, I, I, I don't know why I didn't believe it. I just was like, oh, okay, whatever. And so then like later on, they hit me again and they were like, maybe two more times. And I was like, let me just see what they're talking about. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what is this again? And so they're like, we just wanted you to you want to shoot your work. And you have to understand, I wasn't on Vogue's speed dial. You know right. what I mean? Like I used to want to shoot with them a lot and it was like not the easiest thing to do. So like, mm-hmm. why would I think that right. it would come to me this easily? Like, hey, we want to shoot your work, whatever you want to do, no direction. Would you mind if Lorna Simpson shot it? We want to <laughs> shoot you at Pier 59. You tell us what your call time will be. Like it. Yeah. How do you go from like, I can't get a, you know, a a call back to all of this. So, you know, I was just like, "Uh, yeah, okay. You know, whatever. (laughs) So when it all happened and they were like, you know, whatever you want to do, I was like, this is weird, you know, but it was, (laughs) it happened and it was like one of my favorite shoots because I met and finally got to work with Lorna Simpson. Yeah. The great. Incredible. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. I love that part about it. Like when you get to shoot with an artist and be a part, have and make art with them mm-hmm. at the same time that like you can't even afford a piece of their work. <laughs> right. Like, right. Right. You're like but your peers. Yes. You're like equal now, working together. Now now I can have a piece of your work. And I'm in it, you know, kind of thing. But so like that was like, like amazing to me. But I figured I I did that on on set trying to figure out like, what do I want to do? And the day was so cool. You know, it was like a proper shoot. You know what I mean? The way they that I've witnessed it happen for my clients. It was like happening for me, like even like the, the the wardrobe and jewelry that was coming in. It was like tag like. Nikki Nelms is shoot. And I was like, that is crazy, you know, kind of thing. Right. Just thinking of like the difference, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they were like super excited. They were like, can we watch you while you work, please? And I was like, okay, if you, if you like, I guess, you know? So I was just figuring it out as I go, as I was going along, like just one braid would lead to another. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can do this. Oh, maybe I can do that. Oh, okay. I'll just leave this here and let me wrap this. And it, it just kind of, okay. it was cool. You're, you're like a true, like creative genius. It's like when you hear Kanye West talk about making beats and he's like, I don't know. I just, you know, it just comes to me. Like the fact that this all just comes to you and it's not like meticulously planned out, I think really speaks to this, I to what your mom was a, saying. I'll yeah, no. a big compliment because I just had a conversation with my assistant the other day. We were watching... The hip hop evolution. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm, ne- mm-hmm. The evolution of hip hop. Yep. And they had a part in there about Kanye, and he just has this like, it's this craziness to him. Like, it's tunnel vision. Like, the way he sees himself, mm-hmm. or, like the way he saw himself early on, it's very specific. And it's kind of like when you're so far away from where you want to be like starting out, you kind of have to have that about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because people will tell you no so much that you got to be so focused that it's like, you don't even like, if someone said no, you really didn't even hear it, you know, like kind of thing. And so I understood that when we were discussing it and I was like, wow, that was kind of like how I felt early on. Like I was just so into whatever I was into that I didn't hear anything else. So you saying that about Kanye is just funny because we just had this conversation about him and I worked with him before also. And I, I've seen it like mm. firsthand, like how intense he is. Like mm-hmm. I did the hair for the gold digger video. Well, right. You did. 
And I saw how intense he was and just about the detail and certain things, like things that you might not think will make a big difference. It's like he treats every little part of it like the same way, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Kanye, why are you really over here looking at what I'm doing with this little bun or something? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it's important because it's all his vision. It so is. I get it. Right. Right, right. So. Okay, I'm going to ask you about one more look. You have so many iconic looks, I could go through them all, but I have to ask you, you know, about Janelle Monet and the the googly eyes with this, like, two buns that she had. That's just oh, yeah. the next level. It's so crazy. Like, that happened, like, 20 minutes before I did it. Like, wow. And it's fun. I never thought that people think would think that I planned these things out. Like, because I, 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 I hate I mean, I'm cool with mood boards just to catch the vibe, but I don't like mood boards because it just turns it into like something, a specific thing to strive towards, Mm -hmm. or it's like a recreation of something. And I don't like feeling like I'm recreating, like it's unfair to whatever is in whatever I can contribute naturally Mm -hmm. to the project. Now you've messed it up. Now I'm kind of like, concentrating on another goal as opposed to just like letting it out of me Mm -hmm. so I didn't plan that it was like 20 minutes I was on my way to the shoot and I had my driver stop by an art supply store and I was like let me just take a little whiz around to see what I have because I didn't feel like I had enough stuff in my head or I just didn't feel like you know I was like let me just see whatever I see you know so I was on the phone with another client or friend and then just talking and I know Janelle it was pretty easy to to see those with Janelle because she likes black and white you know the yeah. eyes are black and white and she is definitely a cool client that is into trying things you know mm-hmm. and not really like concerning herself with how they will be received mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so that gives me a level of freedom that you don't always get so I was like oh these googly eyes will be kind of cute <laughs> and my other client was like you're gonna put googly eyes I was like yeah why not like what would happen like what's the worst thing that could happen right and so I was like I'm getting them and so, you know, I had my little glue gun in my kit and these like little hairpins that I had from Japan that I could cut easily. And I just put them on there. I was like, you know, hear me out. <laughs> I, think this, I think this is cool. What do you think? And she's just like, love. I love. And I was like, yes. we're doing it. We're doing it. And yeah. so it was like, everybody liked that a lot. They liked it's, it a lot. It was iconic. And that's when you it became a, a Halloween costume. Like, you know, like yes. little kids would like recreate mm-hmm. it and redo mm-hmm. it. But that's also when you see two artists working together in collaboration. And I love that I love that you go to art supply stores. Like oh, I go to Home funny. Depot. Most of the stuff that you saw in like Solange's videos, like I got like the wire and stuff from Home Depot when she was in like don't touch my hair when she was in the choir scene when they had yes. to like sing Home Depot and Michaels and all of that it's just like you can't limit yourself on what you can use because then you'll right. limit yourself on the outcome yes. like I'll use anything like I've shop a lot everywhere everywhere <laughs> like I don't care when I say everywhere everywhere i love that what about i find that you put butterflies in people's hair in like the most gorgeous way i've ever seen like where are you finding these butterflies i got them at michael's and then there's also like some like real life ones that were like they once were alive and now my god you know preserved yeah we used those um for was that i think i think it was a lore short yeah it was a lore but then the refinery shoot that I did, they weren't real. They were like, put them on a wire and then just like pop them in there. But yeah. I think that's the only time I've ever used them because it's like, you know, once you do something, then it's like now it's you, trending. And it's then I, I have a fear of looking like I'm copying something that somebody else did when 
I just don't like doing it. So I'll just like do it and leave it alone. You know? Yeah. People have to keep up with you because you're on to the next thing. I'm like as badly as I want to redo something else with it, but it's just like, just leave it alone. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about America's perception of black hair and like where you think we need to go because you're obviously on set, you're working with these very influential magazines, you're working with these very influential artists. And I feel like a lot of your work has served as a platform to show how beautiful black hair can be, um, how we can express ourselves with our hair. But I'd love to hear Mm. from you kind of like, do you think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done? I would imagine yes. But like, how do you feel about your role in maybe making black hair more accepted or more part of the mainstream? I'm not a salesperson. That's not my department. I'm not trying to make anyone accept something that you cannot control. Like, I'm interested in finding out what is the, like, mental issue with people not being comfortable with the way a person is born. Like, what's the big deal? Like, I don't even, I I just, like, what's so special about someone in their natural state like why do you have to highlight it in a way which kind of comes off like it's this foreign object or something like Mm -hmm. are do you not know enough so it feels foreign to you then that's your issue that you need to deal with i'm not here to sell you you know an opportunity to deal with this type of hair like yeah they do have a lot to to learn (laughs) they do but that doesn't mean I have a lot to teach. <laughs> right, right. That's a big, that's, I'm so happy that you said that because I'm sure in the past few weeks, you've probably had more brands and more people reaching out to you as, you know, a Black creative. And, I, and yeah. I'm so happy that they are doing it. But my big thing is like, do you have um, a budget attached to this? And, yeah. Yeah. A lot of left on red. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like that your problem does, should not become my problem too because I've already had to deal with it being a problem because I've had to finesse my way into you know certain productions and stuff just because I wasn't like me and my clients their their look wasn't accepted or whatever Mm -hmm. but that's a their issue that we've had to pay for in the past Mm -hmm. but that's not a their issue that we need to fix. They need to so, fix it. Yeah. And one of the big things I hate is just the way they they separate it. Like, like I only hear them putting like a label on black hairstylists sometimes. Like you're a black hairstylist. Right. You know, Versus just a hairstylist. Just a hairstylist. Right. Or even if they don't say it, like they will only call you to give your advice on what kind of shampoo for natural hair Mm -hmm. you know that's not a specialty question for anybody else you know what I mean we get the like specialty you know we'll save this for you only everybody else has access to everything us but we only get access to a limited you know, right. amount of right. us. I mean, even when it comes to like the big shoots or a client that could you could have worked with for years, like once they they will embrace their look and once they reach a certain level, then it's like we'll take it from here. We'll let them do. We'll let our artists that we're used to working with do them for this cover and just totally recreate what you've been doing just for mm. the credit. It just kind of like keeps the black artist being like a hidden figure. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like, wow, if you have all of my work on your mood board, why not just (laughs) use the person that has it on there? But but I I, I don't, I'm not begging to play with anybody. You know what I mean? Like I removed that power if that was ever a power I'd given them in the past. If I don't care to play with you, then... I'm not playing with you, then it's like, I'm not going to feel less special because, right. I'm, because, you know what I mean? It's like someone can't um, make you feel bad about not inviting you to a party that you don't care to go to. Right. Like, I really wanted to hang out with my own friends anyway, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> I would love to love 
to hang out with you, but that's just not where I'm going to base how I feel about myself Mm -hmm. on whether or not you invited me. Nine times out of 10, they're not inviting you because you will like, your sauce is so good. You know what I mean? Like you're just, you're, you're just that person and they're, that it speaks more to their insecurities. Yeah. Insecurity and fear and, and knowing that maybe they can't measure up. One thing that's always struck me as really strange about hairstylists is that most, I'd say like 99% of black hairstylists know how to do all types of hair. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your kind of self-care routine. You probably had to travel less than you've ever had to travel. I mean, working with the clients that you work with, you're probably always on a plane, always between shoots, late nights, all of that. Have you had more time for self-care? Like is being quarantined and just having time to relax? I haven't really done anything to myself, honestly. Like now, I feel like we're kind of towards the end of it. And mm-hmm. now I'm scrambling. Like my friends were all calling each other like, okay, it's crash diet time. Like we've been <laughs> eating. Like I've yeah. just been like, I don't even think I've rested as much as I should have because I spent most of my time thinking about what I could have been doing with my time instead of just like living. Relaxing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not tripping. I'm kind of, I did okay. I did some really cool projects. And I just have to admit to myself, like, sometimes I care more about hair than I care about myself, Mm. but I find peace in it. And so I'm okay with it. Like, I'm being honest with myself. I'm miserable when I'm not, like, doing something, like, hair-related. So I did a lot of really cool things that were Mm hair-related during quarantine. So that kind of was self-care. Yeah, that's the part of myself that I like to care about. You know? Yes, yes, I got oh. it. So what are your what are some of your I can't let you leave without telling me some of your favorite hair products that you use just to like take care of your hair? I mix a lot for myself. I like old school. I like new school. Like I'm very like basic when I'm just doing like little things like old school grease and water just to make a ponytail like you know I'll do that I'll have a moment of that I'm big on like hydrating my hair because it can dry out easily so I love like you know um Maui Moisture has a really good Aopui shampoo and conditioner that I like yeah I use that it's really good I like to do that and you know create my own like little cocktails especially in quarantine I use what I have at home and in addition to, you know, my specialty items, like I'd mix in a little olive oil or, you know, in my conditioner and make like a little, a little hair mask. But I love that. Yeah, I, I would just do that. And because, you know, the Maui Moisture products, they have like such a good amount of products in it that are for hydration you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I lean more towards those like the like I might kick up the aloe by mixing in more aloe into the conditioner you know what I mean right yeah so I, I like that kind of stuff and as far as like styling products I like products that I don't have to fight against that work with me and not against me like like my hairsprays I don't like them to get flaky on me or if you know I like to be able to like comb them out if I need to you know Mm -hmm. like Sebastian Schaefer plus like it's a good builder like I can work Mm -hmm. with it on set and I'm not married to the style if we want to change it midway through you know so I I like simple effective things that do what the label says it will do (laughs) they're gonna do yeah yeah so that's why I stick with you know my Maui moisture my Sebastian Shaper plus like I like I'm very particular about my irons you know like I like them what what irons do you like Amika has a nice flat iron that I like and it's really good because it can get as hot as you need like sometimes they're irons can be too safe and then it's it has a very limited amount of like people that it's effective on you know Mm -hmm. i like to be able to go from zero to a hundred with 
my iron. So it doesn't matter like who's in the chair. I know that the iron will work on them. You know, I like my old school tools too. Like if I want a more retro look, I tend to not use modern tools on them. I try to oh, interesting to to use the tools that were used originally to to That's create so the look. So I might have like the cheesiest curling irons ever that <laughs> barely do anything. But if that's what was used during that time to get the look that I needed for that, then that's just what we're going to have to do with. We can't give it a right. more sleek look when that wasn't available then, you know? That's so interesting. That's such a great point. From a, from a hair routine perspective, is there anything that you recommend people do from like just a maintenance standpoint to keep their hair healthy, like in terms of a deep conditioner each week or avoiding heat? Or are there any like tips that you feel strongly about to maintain the health of your hair? Yeah. Uh, know your hair first, mm-hmm. then you'll know like what advice to take on it. Like if you don't have like a hydration problem, then you might not need to like take hydration problem advice. You know, sometimes <laughs> people just accept all the advice and your hair doesn't have all the problems, you know, right? like there's some people that need to shampoo and condition their hair for whatever reason, maybe once a week. Me, I like to go weeks without shampooing my hair because I like how my hair, my hair feels healthier. Mm -hmm. You know, the less attention I give it, I may keep oil on it through the week or whatever, but I'm not like shampooing and conditioning it every week. Right. So you have my biggest advice would be to know your hair. Then you'll you'll get the most out of the products that you'll use because a healthy product or a good product that does not apply to your hair's condition could actually like work it work in reverse. Like say, say your hair is super fine and you may hear of a product that's like super heavy and 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 thick and you know it could do all these things, but it may ultimately weigh your hair down and make it even more limp because that's just not the product for you, you know? So you just have to analyze your hair and know where you are with it. Then you could get the most out of the products that you choose. Like, for example, like with Maui, they have Maui Moisture, they have like such a good range of products that can go with all different types of curls mm-hmm. and, and textures of curls, you know? Because not all curls were created equally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some that are like tighter that might need a little more, more um, thicker product or, you Mm -hmm. know, something like that. And then you might have like a finer texture uh, curl that you don't need all of that. You know, you might not need as much oil and you may not want to do as many like leave-in products with it, depending Mm -hmm. on how your hair responds to like when it's dry, you know, it's just. You have to know your hair and then you'll know what works best for you. If, if all of those words make any sense. <laughs> all of those words make so much sense. And I can definitely relate. You definitely have to figure out and just do trial and error, right? Like trial and error and is like, and then I always kind of, I mean, I used to tell my clients to do this when I worked in the salon. Like if you're trying things on your own, like chart it. Like, cause sometimes you don't remember, like, if you shampooed your hair on Sunday and conditioned it, write down what you did or what you used that day and then pay attention to your hair the following week. Like, how did it respond to you? Was it like a better, did you have a better curl week or did you have, you know, a better whatever blowout week? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then pay attention to the elements and what affected it. Did it rain more that week? Did it do like, it's a lot of little things, you know, that's why it's really hard for me to give a consultation because it's so much that goes into it. But if you come to me with these different scenarios, like, well, what I notice is when it's really hot out and my hair is dry, this product worked better for me. And then you can come up with a better solution on like, maybe it's because of this product. You know what I mean? It's just different, different things to factor in. So you have to know you. Yeah, absolutely. Final question. I ask all of my guests this question. Um, when do you feel most beautiful, Nikki? Sometimes I think I feel most beautiful first thing in the morning. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love that. I do. I'm always like, oh, it looks so, like I look so fresh-faced and 
and sweet. <laughs> yeah. And it's like before the whole day has happened and it's just like a fresh, clean slate. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I mean, was that the angle or did you know like, no. where in life? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. The morning is a very common answer. I've done, I think like, I want to say 120 something episodes and so many women say the morning is when they feel most beautiful. So I think that's really relatable. Okay. Okay. Great. Good. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for like spending all this time talking to me. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, wasn't Nikki just fabulous? Let's get into my takeaways. Takeaway number one, we talked a lot about lived in looks and really being comfortable with your hair. She talks about Zoe Kravitz and her really unique swagger and how people who have really great style kind of have great hair because it's an extension of them. I thought that was a really interesting point. Takeaway number two, this was a direct quote from her grandma, but I loved it. You need to know how you feel about yourself before you leave the house. This idea that we shouldn't be looking for external validation, we shouldn't be looking for other people's approval. I love when she brought up Venus Williams and when she wore all of those beads in her hair when she was doing her tennis competitions and how it wasn't necessarily accepted or beloved when she did it, but she liked it and she liked the way that she looked and she didn't let anyone's criticism stop her. Now it's like very fashionable to have beads in your hair, but I just think it's so important that we as women remember that we don't need anyone else to validate us, right? It's really what we think of ourselves that matters. So I love that. Takeaway number three, just do what you want to do. If you want bleach blonde hair, go for it. Now, this is Brooke speaking, not Nikki speaking. If you do want bleach blonde hair, I would say do your research about the damage that's going to cause to your hair. You know, I'm always thinking about hair health. It's very important to me. So I'm like, get scared about like color and heat and all of that stuff. But I do agree with Nikki that if there's like a style that you've always wanted to try or do, like, just go for it. Just do it. The main ingredient to every hairstyle is that you've got to wear it with confidence. I love that she has this approach. And I think that it really shows in all of the work that she does. As we were talking about this, Nikki also said, if you're scared, now your hairstyle looks scared, which I thought was so funny, but it's so true. You can tell when people aren't comfortable with their total look or their total appearance. And yeah, it shows. Okay. Takeaway number four, inspiration can strike anywhere. You can't limit yourself on what you can use. So I love when she talked about shopping at Home Depot and Michael's Art Supply to find little accessories and trinkets to add to her hair looks. I think that's a really great way and a reminder that we should really think outside of the box if we're trying to create looks. Takeaway number five, I do this. I love this tip, but she talked about adding oils and aloe to existing conditioners. So you may have a conditioner that you love, but you can always amp it up with a little bit of grapeseed oil. You can add a little bit of aloe vera to a conditioner just to really make those benefits show up in your hair. Takeaway number six, this was like a very subtle, like one line that she said, but you know, it's so interesting. You know, when you listen to a full interview, you could listen to an hour long interview and sometimes it's just like, one sentence that like you can't stop thinking about. Like I have that with interviews that I've done for this show where I'll like someone will say something and I'll like think about it for like years afterwards. <laughs> but she talked about 
If you're creating a look for a specific time, you have to use the tools available from that time to create the look. So if you're doing like 50s inspired curly look, you should use curling irons from that time, which totally makes sense. But I just had never thought of it to that level of specificity. And I just like appreciated that level and attention to detail that hairstylists at her level have. Takeaway number seven, final takeaway that I just absolutely love, charting the progress of your hair. Really, like if you want to learn what works for your hair and what doesn't work for your hair, you should be charting down. Okay, I put in this deep conditioner. I left it in for this long. This is how it felt when I rinsed it out. I used this deep conditioner and this curling cream, and this is how my curls turned out afterwards. Or I didn't put heat on my hair for this amount of time. This is what I noticed. But it's really hard to identify what works well for our hair if you're not charting it and kind of like making note of what little things or products you're using or application techniques you're doing that make a difference. So I love the idea of having like a little hair journal, or you can just do it in your phone in Notes app to really just chart the progress of your hair. Appreciate and love that tip. I hope you guys loved this episode as much as I enjoyed talking to Nikki. And I will be back next week with a brand new episode. You'll hear from me next Monday. All right. Thanks, guys. It's my pain and my struggle. The song that I sing to you is my everything. Treat my first like my last and my last like my first and my first. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.